Hi, and welcome back. Today on the show, we have Clinton Cohen. He is the CEO of iContact BPO. iContact is, in fact, the first international, i.e. non-Philippine outsourcing supplier that we have spoken to on the show. As crazy as it sounds, we've almost done 350 episodes without talking to an outsourcer outside of the Philippines. So it's a really interesting episode, and of course, it's all very new for me. Clinton was gracious enough to tell me all about the South African outsourcing industry, the outsourcing scene, and of course, how they have coped and adjusted during COVID. So it was a really good conversation. Of course, we hear about eye contact, what they do, and the advice that they give to their clients, uh, business people, and people exploring outsourcing. So really good episode, and I had a great chat to Clinton and learned a lot. As always, if you want to get in touch with iContact or know any more about this episode, go to the show notes, which is at outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator, We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you're already outsourcing, about to start, or somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your outsourcing practices. We list over 700 outsourcing suppliers on our website, host this leading outsourcing podcast, and have over 5,000 pages of content. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. We offer everything from light brokerage, co-managed services, through to fully managed solutions. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Mention that you're a podcast listener and we will give you special attention plus a 10% discount. This is for a limited time only. Go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Hi and welcome back everybody. Today I'm joined by Clinton Cohen. He is the CEO of iContact, which we're going to hear about today. Unusually though, Clinton is based in South Africa and it's not all just Philippine outsourcing that we talk about here. Uh, Clinton is here to introduce us to the South African outsourcing industry. So welcome to the show, Clinton. And I want to start by asking you to, to introduce us all to the South African outsourcing industry. Hi, Derek, good day, and to all the listeners out there. Um, really great to be a part of the show, and um, I absolutely have the privilege to uh, introduce the community at large to South Africa as a destination which recently has just won the most favorable outsourcing destination in the world, according to the Round Strategic Advisory Omnibus Survey, um, which is a tremendous feat. You know, we've been runners-up in the last two years consecutively, you know, to India or the Philippines, and finally South Africa has made it to the top of the list. So it's with great excitement that uh, we're able to introduce a little bit about South Africa. 
Well, congratulations, and we'll put that in the show notes, actually, and, and I'll uh, share that news amongst the, the audience and the community and also in our uh, weekly newsletter. So fantastic. Well done. And South Africa is obviously no – they're no newbie, are they? It, it's been outsourcing a long time, and, and you know, as the award attests to, you're, you're no slouch when it comes to outsourcing. Can you give us an idea of, of the – kind of the timeline, the outsourcing history with South Africa? Yeah, absolutely. So Derek, I mean, South Africa's South Africa's certainly been, um, or is rather, you know, a mature outsource destination. Um, it's a, it has a mature outsourcing global market, um, predominantly serving historically uh, UK, Europe, um, and more recently has gained and started gaining a lot more traction into the US market. South Africa as a business climate has got world-class infrastructure. um, And that, you know, is a great USP in terms of being connected to the world globally and really seen as uh, outsource favorable tick box, as, as to say. Um, as, as South Africa as a landscape, English is a native language. It's a first language. Um, and therefore, the accent positive or accent neutral, as it's called in some of the domestic spaces, is that you know, our, our voice capability into the global markets is really heard, seen, understood, and, and really favorable from a voice quality perspective. And how, it, how big is the industry there, Clinton? It's it's is it kind of millions of people, or what, what's the? Yeah, I think Derek, you know, uh, still relatively small in relation to, to the Philippines and India. We're probably sitting around about the two hundred forty thousand uh, contact center, call center agent perspective, um, and 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 certainly what some of the key indicating factors that we we've seen in recent times is that the year-on-year growth is really starting to climb up to uh, those higher numbers that we'd love to be able to achieve, um, you know, in, in the millions. But we, we're certainly not there yet, um, but uh, we're certainly on our way towards reaching it. So... Um, those are some of the yeah. goals. It's good, you know. It's funny, different markets, but same same kind of skill sets, same alignment, and also same experience with growth. I, I think, if, and it's almost like the great re-leveling of of the globe with globalization and with technology. Uh, everyone's sort of being more aware and embracing remote work. Um, then it gives a chance to the the developing nations that you know have typically lower salaries um, and you know, can can really start to shine on the global economy. It's it's an incredible sort of rebalancing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the opportunity, you know, that South Africa has always had or, you know, is seen to have as, you know, being very price competitive. Um, and unfortunately, the, the South African landscape with quite high rates of unemployment, um, the benefit there is that there are highly skilled unemployed people that really service the contact center environments and create that opportunity to provide that quality level of service to the global market. And has South Africa, you know, would you say it has an affinity to any one particular 
type of outsourcing? You know, is it is it strong in tech or creative or call centers or customer service? I, I think we see it across the board. Um, I'd love to say, you know, certainly from an icon tech perspective, um, we've we've gained major traction in the customer service side of it. South Africans, by nature, have high levels of empathy, and that stands out through multiple case studies, large about showing that kind of case care scenario. Uh, if someone's in a car accident instead of kind of a contact center person asking what's your account number from an insurance perspective, um, the natural affinity of a South African uh, empathetic reach out is to kind of say, are you okay? Are you well? Are you safe? Uh, How can I help you Um, as they go to rather than kind of what's your account number? Got it, got it. But, but, But I think to answer, you know, more broadly just, you know, to elaborate more, it's there, there isn't one specific as a customer service. Um, South Africa is really servicing, you know, the global market um, in the tech space, in sales, whether it be outbound or inbound or customer care. So we, we've seen that skill set starting to diversify across the multiple sectors um, and the contact center really just is enabling that future fit of growth coming through into the lane. And it's quite incredible. You're, I lived in London for about eight years and, uh, you know, it's a completely different country, completely different location, many thousands of kilometers away, but you're pretty much the same, you're the same uh, time zone, aren't you, which is hugely advantageous for the UK and, of course, all of Europe. Absolutely. So for the U for the UK, there's you know there's been mature growth, mature servicing into the UK market, and absolutely affinity. Uh, yeah, South Africa was, was a Commonwealth, and lots of affinity. Uh, time zones always great, um, and what we're seeing in in kind of some of the outsourcing destinations, be it Australia, be it the US, is a lot more organisations are wanting to incorporate in their strategy the follow the sun mentality, which really then broadens and opens up the South African landscape, providing peer operational time zones within the, within the sun, but then the after-hour sales services after the sun, which really makes South Africa an attractive destination, you know, forming our 24-7 contact center environments. And the, the landscape of the outsourcing suppliers, there's... There's obviously the global giants, you know, with sort of hundreds of thousands of staff, uh, and they they seem to have locations kind of crossing the globe. Are they in South Africa as well? Absolutely. Um, and it's always great to have, you know, the, the, the big tier one guys who who have got massive legacy and and great affinity. Um, and that actually has enabled some of the big brands to uh, land in South Africa and mm, you know, potentially just create that sense of uh, case study or this South African landscape is tried, tested with these big brands being outsourced to South Africa and receiving exceptional quality service. Yeah, it's kind of a pathway, isn't it? You know, like uh, I, I always think of it as China with the manufacturing. You know, 20, 30 years ago, they it was laughed at and they would produce rubbish and, you know, sort of fast forward 30 years and they're producing the 
cutting edge technology and then they're also producing their own IP and producing their own patents and um, you know very competitive and it doesn't take long for a country to to start with maybe call centers and start with the basic functions and then they build executive talent and um, you know and then they're effectively skilled professional services and it's 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 a fantastic kind of ladder, isn't it, that these countries are climbing? Absolutely. And what we're starting to see in, in the kind of education space is that there's a lot of skills and content creation that's now being formalized and landing at a school and tertiary education that speak to exactly that point you made. So, you know, five, ten years ago, there was nothing really formal for a contact center, a contact center agent finish school, step into the environment. Today, those education skill sets are going right back down into the schooling and into the education. And there's a real formal pathway coming in so that someone comes across out of those educations and can, you know, adopt that practice of that skilled requirement needed in the space. And it's great to see, isn't it, you know, when people offshore their staff or, or services they're getting obviously the services of the company, but the whole nation is behind it. You know, the educational systems, a lot of the sort of taxation, a lot of the government bodies, uh, everyone is really behind building these industries and supporting the businesses that take advantage of it. Absolutely. And and the South African landscape is not any different to any of those that have come before us where there is very strong support from government international investments, job creation, um, that enables the space to, to kick off well. And, and, and the likes of the industry bodies that realize and highlight through cap collaboration of all the outsourcing contact centers in the South African landscape, that collaboration enabling these fronts of education um, and skills development really creating an exciting pathway. It is, it is super exciting. And as you said at the beginning, uh, you know, everyone has just seen profound growth, and I'm just so excited for the for the future potential. And I really see there's about 60 million more jobs out there to be offshored over the next 15, 20 years, uh, and that's that's obviously you know a huge number, and will have a huge impact on all of these outsourcing destinations, and of course the client the client businesses that are that are introducing outsourcing into their their business. Absolutely, an exciting space and exciting times for for the for the entire contact center industry. And I think the pandemic has really highlighted to everyone on the global landscape that you know the boundaries and boundaries and borders just kind of all evaporated uh, with the need to service and the need to service end user clients. It's true, isn't it? I mean, I'm just writing an article now. And, uh, you know, everything they say, well, a lot of things have been accelerated 10 years in, in one year, e-commerce being one of them. But I think the adoption of, obviously, technology has advanced, the adoption of or acceptance of remote work has advanced. And with that, I think it's the pathway to people embracing or acknowledging or, uh, you know, shining a light on outsourcing finally, uh, because it's just far more normalized now it's more acceptable now and also with businesses struggling financially they're going to be looking for ways you know really seeking out ways that they can uh, get high productivity at maybe a reduced cost so uh, it's exciting times how, how has south africa gone with uh, with covid and, and how did the outsourcing industry cope uh, it was a tremendously challenging 
tough year and, and not just unique for South Africa. I mean, we saw it on the global fronts, but where South Africa was extremely um, collaborative was through the competitors, through our industry bodies that really got together and said, what are our issues? What are our problems? Um, how do we work? And again, had through the volume of that collaboration and the strong support from our government partners um, and the government at large, realizing that, you know, being able to still service the international market and deeming, you know, the workforce as essential services really enabled um, the likes of Eye Contact and many of the other competitors in the landscape to be able to one initially phase one was to pivot and have both essential services and non-essential service um, but then tried and tested the work from home solutions which we had no choice but not but to do so that was amazing an amazing challenging disruption in itself um, but then through that strong collaboration and the government realizing that um, this is such an imperative sector in job creation that enabled the contact center worlds to be able to um, be deemed essential services and continue with as minimal disruption. And through that collaboration in the industry bodies and the South African government, it really enabled businesses like our contact to you know, keep the lights running, uh, keep our clients connected and engaged and involved by continuously operating and delivering the service into the global markets, it was really, really a wonderful story that we now see the benefits of today. So did you pretty much transition to work from home across across the board? Yeah, you know, certain, certain services, some of the customer care work that was not deemed, uh, you know, March last year when we went into a level lockdown five, which was kind of the strictest lockdown and everyone from home. So we had a couple of essential service, uh, financial service players where, where they were deemed essential service to get go. But some of the customer service needed to be pivoted and sent out into the field. And then, you know, you had all those work from home challenges or connectivities or data and back into the centers and the security elements and, you know, all the trials and tribulations that had the pandemic not happened, the spotlight being shone on do those capabilities work and how well would not have been highlighted, would not have been tested in a lot of instances. And by going through that, um, it gave us all the opportunity to go through all those tried and tested. And what we did see the collaboration in the industry was all competitors just sharing what works, what doesn't, try this, try that, and was really amazing to see an industry come together in a time of absolute chaos. Um, and and today I'm glad to see that kind of it's a smooth, smooth sailing event for the most part. Yeah, it's just an absolute nightmare, isn't it, to have to scramble and adapt so quickly, but but then it gives you a few superpowers afterwards once you look back. And, and also, you know, new methods, new business models, new ways of working and new systems and infrastructure, as you say. So it's, you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I think there's been a lot of learning for, for so many people out of this whole situation. Absolutely. I think the lesson learned and all the hindsight experiences tr 
you know, challenges, trials and tribulations. Today it's easy to sit back and say that was a phenomenal result of what we're dealing with. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the big impact was that, you know, this this it, it's still very much in our world. It still very much exists. Um, and, you know, keeping keeping employees, families safe, well, well, you know, it's always a top priority for any business. And we've actually just done a survey of the Philippine industry, and, and it seems like a lot of people are saying the same thing. You know, the first three months was a nightmare, and also clients dropped off, you know, certain clients, and of course, if their industries were affected. Um, but then, you know, after sort of the first three to six months, there's been incredible growth. And generally, that's been pretty much unanimous across certainly the people that we surveyed. Uh, and I hear anecdotally across our industry, have you seen good, strong growth, you know, after that kind of settling of the dust? Absolutely. I mean, there was immediate need for certain clients to scale you know, as outsource providers. Some, some, some clients, you know, never wanted to put all the eggs in one basket. But for those who did, all of a sudden, the contact centers got went from 100% to zero overnight, and they weren't enabled and ready. Um, and through that disruption, there was immense growth and opportunity. Um, you know certainly not just for our contact, but, you know, the country at large. And we certainly experienced that going through the, the, the pandemic early stages um, into the later stages. Amazing. And so how does eye contact fit into this South African landscape? So, so, Derek, you know, again, you use the, you know, you use the big giants and the tier one outsource operators. Uh, our contact certainly, you know, we got fifteen hundred full time employees, part of our group that from Johannesburg uh, is the head office, and we've got a second site down in Cape Town, and um, you know, our contact, you know, likes to position ourselves as a boutique, a niche. Um, a personalized, a tailored approach where every customer, every client, very client-centric matters to us. Um, and it's not about just chasing after big numbers and the hundreds of thousands like some of the others operate in. You know, we like to come in and really show our clients from a small base, be it 10 or 20 seats, really give them a level of comfort, tailor make a solution that meets their needs. And then really that's where the scale opportunity for us exists. And, you know, we want those clients to feel that benefit, to see it, to trust it, to try it. And then we grow together in the journey. Wow. And do you cover everything? Are you you're sort of into... Uh Every role is it is it kind of a staff augmentation model or a managed view service? What's the so provision? so Derek? Yeah, I, mean, I think part of our group there's there's a few different entities. But if I you know if I if I talk specifically with eye contact and and, and servicing uh, predominantly the US and North American market, um, you know we are working in various different verticals. Um, customer service being a strength, as I spoke to earlier, uh, through the levels of empathy and, uh, empathy and the, 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 the training that our, that our team get. But, um, yeah, we're in the medical space. We're in the B2B space, sales, customer service. So there isn't a particular um, 
you know, sector financial services is is a big part of ours, to um, and servicing both domestic and the international landscape. Um, I think to to answer the question a little bit more differently, you know, we come from an entrepreneurial background, um, a family style business. Um, but driven with, you know, high performance, high engagement levels from, you know, Exco all the way right through across our business. And I don't think there's anything that, you know, shies us away from considering an opportunity, applying our minds to it, uh, committing ourselves, backing ourselves and, and igniting on that journey to say that's what we'll achieve. I just find it so exciting because I'm, I'm, you know, obviously so familiar with the Philippines. I've been living here for seven years now, and of course, I'm aware of all of the outsourcing and other destinations. But, uh, you know, again, it, it brings it home that there's incredible skill and talent right across the globe, and there's, uh, you know, different skill sets, different sort of reasons why you might choose different countries, different service providers, different, um, you know, and it's almost like a smorgasbord of, of um, finding the best talent around the globe for your specific needs. It's, it's just incredible, isn't it? And, um, you know, it, it, it's not just sort of uh, windswept kind of outback towns. There's, there's highly sophisticated developed industries um, that, that are ready, such as yours, to help people's businesses expand and scale and build out operations. Absolutely. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, people don't realize uh, maybe North America wasn't really exposed so much to the South, America, uh, to the South African landscape. And, uh, you know, today there's, you know, first world infrastructure. There's excellent low-cost Atlantic submarine fiber infrastructure, uh, you know, best in quality service that, that comes out from South Africa. And again, just really highlighting that those borders and boundaries have kind of all been taken away. Um, and South Africa is really, you know, excited with the opportunity that, that exists being exposed into the outsourcing market. And, you know, it's funny, everyone seems to be chasing the, the American market. It, it seems like the pinnacle for everything. You know, we all sort of look up to it in some respect for culture and uh, not so much for food, but certainly for business. We all <laughs> want to break into the U.S. Um, but, you know, uh, how is it for South Africa? You, you were saying is, is the U.K. the primary market, of course, because of the time zone? And how do you go with uh, with breaking into the U.S. when you're, when you're in South Africa. Amazing. I mean, so, and, and again, to the early part of the conversation, I think historically and the affinity with uh, the UK, Europe, you know, that was, that was the biggest entry into the game. Funny enough, for our context since inception, we've had tremendous results um, accessing the US market and, you know, started with one, two, three different clients and, and by building on or getting kind of the foot in the door in the early phase, like we found that the U.S. market has really been um, our biggest win from a business perspective in terms of reaching and servicing the global outsource community. So the United States, which was a normal kind of as an outsource destination, landed in our wheel. Um, and I think through those relationships and understanding the market, understanding the consumers has really put us in a favorable position in terms of new 
prospective clients who are looking, they want to see that kind of case study. So to be able to have already U.S. traction, North American traction, brings tremendous trust and security to to the clients that say, we get you understand our market and therefore we excited to try or outsource or, you know, give South Africa the opportunity. So what we are seeing just because of the U.S. is now that South Africa is certainly becoming um, a known-ish destination uh, to the market, their market is so big and uh, we're expecting a lot more traction, excitement, deliveries coming from North America to South Africa. It's certainly exciting too. I mean, people want to see... uh people want to see things happening first they don't always want to be the first cab off the rank do they and it, it's you know we find with all of our outsourcing partners that uh, typically about 85 percent of their growth comes from either uh, client expansion so that's client account expanding or them getting a reference from an existing client it, it's incredibly powerful isn't it and you just need to get that foot in the door uh, obviously you know um, do well by the client and then and then it expands from there absolutely you know through and i think it's through those referrals through those testimonials through those uh deliberate case studies that show tried and tested outsourced destination um coupled with operational excellence because that will always remain in my mind at kind of the top of the at the top of the food trade together with uh attractive commercials um you know, and then the compliance and security, those kind of all elements, you know, paving the way for a great, great service destination. And how does South Africa compare from a, from a price point? I mean, let, are we, I, I actually, I'm quite naive. Like what are the, the sort of typical average salaries for South Africa versus the Philippines or India, for example? So, so Derek, you know, my, my, my understanding and, you know, comparatively, we probably compete head-to-head -head against the Philippines. Yes, the Philippines have got a much higher uh, headcount number in the, in the contact centre, call centre sector, uh, but we're finding ourselves coming up against the Philippines on multiple kind of RFPs, RFRs, in terms of where client wants to end up outsourcing to. I think from a talent, from a um, uh, industry-specific aspect, it really depends on you know, what level of outsourcing is a particular client looking for. You know, if they're going after the tech stuff, although salary bands are a lot higher compared to uh kind of customer service agent. Um, so it really ranges, but, you know, we're certainly seeing that we're able to compete and able to play against the large outsourcing uh, global locations such as the Philippines, such as India, and really deliver an exceptional quality of service from here in South Africa. And where are the primary locations then for the outsourcing industry in South Africa? Is it is it kind of concentrated in one or two cities or is it spread throughout the country? I think we're seeing the spread really start moving across the entire country. But historically, uh, Cape Town has, has always been where 
so Cape Town, Cape Town has a really mature BPO uh, sector. A lot of captives, a lot of, uh, as we mentioned earlier, some of the tier one representation down in Cape Town. But what we're seeing over the years, uh, Gauteng, Johannesburg, is probably got the biggest access to you know, the, unski- the, the untapped labor pool um, and, and we've seen that tra- traverse really across all our various different provinces within South Africa, offering a really compelling story. And there, there isn't anything that I can potentially say, well, Cape Town's more favorable than Johannesburg or Johannesburg's more favorable than uh, Durban for any, any, you know, aspect other than really the executives in the business, the the, the culture first, um, internal organizational structures really driving the right delivery, really driving the right end-to-end solutions to meet those client needs. Got it, got it. And salaries are pretty much the same across all of the major cities there. In, in the Philippines, for example, Manila probably carries about a 20 to 30% premium across the you know, compared to the secondary cities. Yeah, I mean, they, they in my mind, they're really marginal. It, it's not enough to say um, any one destination couldn't be looked at because of uh, a pricing perspective. I think it's really about, um, and there, there are slight nuances, I suppose, where, you know, uh, I've got to remember that I'm talking to the global community that doesn't really have the same insights. And uh, yes, in, 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 in Johannesburg, uh, a recent study was shown that the, the wage bill was slightly higher than the Cape Town bill. Um, but We've recently just opened a Cape Town operation, and when I have a look internally at those recruitment drives and those numbers and what are those salary expectations, they're very much on the same with Johannesburg. But I suppose, you know, when the guys run their census, and you know, maybe I'm not smart enough to, to understand how they poll those average salaries across uh, or what their benchmark figures are, but I think based on per heads and those calculations. There, there are slight nuances, but I wouldn't say uh, anything, you know, in the in the likes of a 20% region. I think that sounds quite high. So, Clinton, take me through the journey, the conversation that you might have with a prospective client. They want to dip their toe into the water. They want to try outsourcing. How do you uh, take them through that journey or how would you advise them to travel through that journey so that they get the wins they need, so that they build their confidence? What do you generally advise people? Jake, it's a a, a really great question, and I think it really depends on the life cycle of that particular client. I mean, I think we could talk for days and weeks about, you know, what they understand about sourcing, but I think traditionally, predominantly, the, the clients that we're encountering have either been exposed to some level of outsourcing. Um, and I think the journey that we take them through from an eye contact perspective is on kind of the holistic, you know, really trying to understand what 
what the issues are, why they're looking to outsource in the first place, um, and how we can build a really end-to-end, client-centric, customer-centric uh, journey that's really going to attend to those um, wins for the client. I think what we're seeing and what we've seen is really similar to some of the, the conversations we've had earlier is really sketching out South Africa as well as a destination, you know, enabling the clients to understand the first world infrastructure and the access to, you know, favorable accents and neutrality uh, together with, uh, you know, skills that are really available and ready to be deployed um, onto the various different pieces of work. Um, And that's all really brought together with an attractive price compelling solution at the end of the day. But what we've really seen from, you know, the client's perspective is whilst price is an important aspect to the to the overall solution design, it is it's really about the quality of work that it's going to be able to achieve and deliver on the client expectations. So that's kind of, you know, in a very summarized version, the journey that we, you know, take a client end-to-end through. But the critical piece there is really understanding their problem and how we can help. And do you generally recruit specific for client needs or do you have people on the bench that you sort of roll into different accounts? I think there's always a natural uh, bench-warming delivery in any contact centre just to kind of handle normal attrition and any of those uh, day-to-day variables. But generally, when it comes to each individual client, we like to understand what is their job description, what is their requirement, and go out into the market and then really assess for the right level of talent. What we've seen when we don't do that, you see the gaps happen across the chain and if you're able to meet that client expectation from the get-go that those wins are really just well delivered well executed and on the mark the price structuring then how are you pricing you know someone's salary and then your fees on top or is it an all-in price or are you pricing based on a deliverable for example like an an mps and and sort of certain calls answered how do you structure your pricing generally great question derek and 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 again we've got a couple of different models but again you know um if i take it really back down to its basic form you know we generally you know are pricing on a per, per productive hour basis to to the particular client. And again, there's other opportunities where the client's looking for kind of the risk and reward um, applications. And then we, we understand the piece of work, we back ourselves, and we'll go into those paper performance um, chains. So it's really, there isn't a blanket that we, we, we kind of throw across the mark. Um, again, it's really the tailor-made engagement together with a client, um, bridge between the eye contact solution de- design and delivery that we put out there as, as the best product. And if a client is, is talking to you today, you know, we're a year into COVID, would they expect staff to be at home or you're now, you know, kind of the office is back to normal or are you, again, offering sort of a variety of options? Now? Yeah, so today we offer a variety of options. I think the first and foremost is the South African market is um, at a level one restriction level today, which means people have been deemed 
um, no problem to return back to to the office to the brick, brick and mortar environments, um, and we've seen a large return to work. So in in our space, very much so from the office. But again, I think it very much comes down to the client solution designs where we are now building in you know those kind of continuity plans that will. From our experience and what we've learned today, you know, iContext got an office in Johannesburg, a second office in Cape Town. We've got a work from home solution. Uh, so, you know, we, we like to offer them a hybrid approach of all options and really to come up together with the best solution design that's going to meet their needs. If someone starts with you then, is it sort of their staffing and they manage their staffing and build those processes and operate them? Or you have your team come in and help them build those processes. So, so we have our team helping helping our clients build those processes. Um, some of our clients have um, experience in outsourcing to, to various different geographies, and there they would predominantly have the train-the-trainer approach and, you know, would be our team absorbing that initial uh, curriculum and benchmarks um, and then filtering it through to kind of the agent level. But what we find and the engagement that we like to have with our clients is that continuous level of engagement, that continuous, uh, we're an extension of our client's office, even though we're out in South Africa, and the closer we are to them in the operation, the easier, you know, in some of the verticals, like a customer care that you're working on getting as close to that in-country experience, if not better, um, working in an outsourced environment. Got it. And if, if you know, there's small and medium-sized businesses out there and they might need one uh, accounts clerk, one accountant, a developer, and a, an internal sales agent, can you provide sort of specific roles and let them manage those stuff? Absolutely. So, I mean, through, through you know, the extensive uh, skills requirement and market, talent market, um, yeah, the the recruitment the recruitment team has extensive knowledge and understanding of what those markets entail. It's probably not our forefront in terms of as a service offering, but we're more than capable and comfortable to being able to be engaged with the client and steering them in the right direction and letting letting the employee fall in their payroll and just help facilitate some of those requirements. Got it. Got it. And- you know, I, I say it's, it's really just about beginning that journey, isn't it, and reaching out. And I've got so much value by talking to you, and I think clients should, or prospects or people that are just interested in exploring outsourcing should really uh, inquire, pick up the phone, and, and then I'm sure you or your team can give so much valuable insight and advice specific to each each person and their needs and their business and their processes. So it's really just about kind of, starting the journey and getting in touch, isn't it? Absolutely. Connecting, reaching out, asking the questions, um, and, and being able to have those meaningful engagements really, you know, enhance the relationships and, you know, that end-to-end solution delivery and design that the client's looking for. So it's, it's really, you know, still for me today, it's great to be a part of that journey and to be in those engagements and in, in those conversations um, because as much as you say, you, you know, you're learning so much about what we have to talk today, um, you know, the conversation equally mutually beneficial where there's tons that I learn 
there's tons that I engage on and, uh, you know, maybe I haven't thought of something for a while and just really keeps things fresh, top of mind and, and really helps, you know, from my own personal perspective. Well, Quentin, it, it certainly, you know, I've learned a lot and, and it's fantastic to have spoken to my first BPO, uh, uh, South African BPO. So um, it, it, it's so fascinating and um, the world is just continually expanding with this stuff and it's been a, a fantastic conversation. If anyone wants to reach out to you or learn any more about eye contact, how can they do that? Yeah, Derek, thank you. And, and, and similarly for me, it's been uh, fantastic. It's great to be uh, the first South African on the block. Um, I'm sure you're going to see many more to come, but uh, I'm glad we can get to hold that accolade here with our contact BPO. Um, for anyone looking to get in touch with us um, on our website, www icontactbpo.co.za or if they want to email me at info at icontactbpo.co.za Thank you so much and uh, we'll put all of that in the show notes of course. Thanks Clinton. Excellent. Thank you for the opportunity and thanks for uh, thanks for letting me share with you and your community. That was Clinton Cohen. He is the CEO of iContact. If you want to get in touch with Clinton or know any more about the show, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to send us an email, just email us at ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.